traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and today we're introducing a special episode from one of NCIA's member-driven committees. So I'll shortly turn the microphone over to Jacob Poliser. He is with the Cannabis Conservancy and Sun and Earth Certified, and he serves on NCIA's Cannabis Cultivation Committee. Jacob, thank you for bringing these guests and minds onto the show today. I will let you take it from here. Uh, thank you so much, Bethany, and thank you, NCIA, for uh, having us today on your podcast. Uh, today, we'll be talking about regenerative agriculture with two extraordinary and wonderful regenerative practitioners, Tina Gordon and Michelle Carter. Uh, Tina Gordon has been a traditional cannabis farmer for over a decade at Moon Maid Farms in Southern Humboldt County, California. Prior to being an amazing cannabis grower, Tina resided in San Francisco and has worked as a producer, documentary filmmaker, and musician with an emphasis on underground and alternative subcultures. In all of her creative projects, Tina has endeavored to empower the self-expression of those who are underrepresented or marginalized. She now brings that focus to the traditional cannabis farming community with the desire to dignify the efforts of the pioneers who built this historic movement. And then we have Michelle Carter, who hails from the other side of the country in Asheville, North Carolina, where she co-founded Living Web Farms and spent eight years honing her organic and regenerative farming practices. Her focus has been on bio-nutrient crop production, holistic management, microbial soil analysis, and biodynamic applications. Michelle is also a plant medicine certified instructor with the Appalachian School of Holistic Herbalism and a leader in the international pollinator resilience movement. Recently, she has been researching hemp genetics in an effort to find more suitable strains for the Southeast. And she's also the co-founder and board member of Circadian Craft Cannabis, which will hopefully get a license in Illinois, fingers crossed. I'm so honored to be discussing regenerative cannabis with both of you. Welcome, welcome. So as we all know, we are experiencing an incredible moment in time when this wonderful plant is currently touching millions of lives and about to be introduced to millions of more people. 
So to get this uh, podcast started, uh, can you guys please describe kind of your journey towards regenerative cannabis? Where did this intention start and how did it progress? Tina, would you like to go first? Yeah, thank you, Jacob. It's really a pleasure to be on this on this podcast. Um, so I visited Southern Humboldt County uh, 14 years ago. And at the time I was living in San Francisco, living a very urban lifestyle. And the last thing on my mind was to transition to the country. But when I came up to visit, I was compelled to spend time here and ended up getting to know some people here who I wanted to spend time with. And, um, and so in my first year here, I had this kind of incredible awakening and ended up being on this piece of property where I am today, um, which is a homestead in Southern Humboldt County. It's in the heart of the Emerald Triangle and 40 acres, 33 miles from the Pacific Ocean. And it's at 2150 feet in elevation. So over 2000 feet in elevation. And there's this incredible Southern exposure and this like amazing soil that's rock and clay, but also it's in this oak grove. And so there's red, white, and live oak. There's also madrone, bay, dug fir, a lot of brush, um, a lot of native plants like soap root and plantain, tons of thistle, wild lettuces. And the forests are just filled with mushrooms and rich humus, you know, with tons of mycelium. And I just, I started tuning into this as I was on a very, in a very personal way, starting to interact with like all of the natural forces. And so I was noticing what it was like to breathe fresh air and drink fresh untreated water to bathe and wash in untreated water, you know, to eat farm fresh produce and really to come into a realization that I was alive in a living system on a living planet and just had never made these connections but being away from light pollution and noise pollution and for the first time seeing a clear night sky full of stars and the moon and the light of the moon and the patterns of the moon in a place that was quiet and where I could experience space and privacy and an awareness of the seasons. And uh, so, you know, making this connection around living on a, in a, in, on a, on a living planet and um, how these natural forces had shaped the place where I was spending time over thousands of years. And how, so I started tuning into like, how can my presence um, over this like tiny, you know, the sliver of time, this little period of time when I'm alive, how can I be most useful and contribute to this land and the people here and share this place forward? And essentially, how do we inoculate ourselves and everything we grow here with an essence of this place? And that really led me to this uh, regenerative kind of transition that I've been in now for over 10 years and uh, forming the, a farming philosophy with everything we grow. And that's simply that living things come first. That's beautiful. And I love that living things come first. I feel like it's something that's not always considered uh, as we cultivate you know, a plant and are in the, you know, a cannabis industry that stems from, you know, a wonderful living thing. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, Michelle, how about your journey towards regenerative farming? Yeah, thanks, Jacob. Um, I'm really grateful to be having this conversation with you all today. Um, I began my regenerative journey on a nonprofit educational farm in North Carolina. And uh, we're located in this area of the mountains known as the Fertile Crescent. 
And unfortunately, we are surrounded by extensive monocropped conventional acreage. So with the onset of the North Carolina Hemp Research Pilot Program, I saw a lot of farmers converting their corn and soy acreage into phytocannabinoid-rich hemp. Well, here in Southern Appalachia, we are especially prone to botrytis and some harmful insect populations that really target the hemp flowers. And so watching these newly converted fields of hemp succumbing to pathogens, I saw a window of opportunity to support local farmer community transition toward regenerative practices. Um, from there, a veteran cannabis cultivator and I uh, started to collaborate on a research project to really collect some solid data on how sustainable modalities can support chemical-free pathogen resistance, um, weed suppression, and uh, beneficial insect populations through um, minimal soil disturbance, intercropping, and multi-species cover cropping, essentially just bringing a wealth of biodiversity back to the land and in the soil. Um, to me, regenerative agriculture truly begins with developing a relationship with the entire ecosystem. And I feel like so much of our past consciousness surrounding cultivation is to essentially try to control nature which we know from our heavy lenience on chemicals is not voting well in the long run. And so my efforts in philosophy lean more towards integrating our motives and inspiration with that which is wild so that we're creating this mutually beneficial reciprocity that fosters greater reverence for the plants that we're stewarding. And um, also, you know, in, increasing um, the extensive microbial life in the soil that is like the very source of our sustenance, whether it be food or medicine. And, um, you know, when we really tend to this web of life, we receive the benefits of pathogen-free plants. And so through this project, I got really excited about the all-encompassing potentials and dynamic nature of cannabis and uh, seized the opportunity to help launch a sustainable cannabis cultivation company in Chicago um, with the intentions of utilizing some regenerative principles within the current regulatory framework. And um, that's how Circadian Craft Cannabis was birthed. Oh, that's such a good story. Thank you so much for sharing. And, uh, you know, you're really doing some good work, especially with uh, the hemp research and the botrytis. And I completely agree with you on, you know, we have to learn how to work with nature. You know, nature is our ally. And I think it's, you know, really important as, you know, especially with the industry becoming more commercialized and larger scale of really, you know, bringing these regenerative practices in at, at all points. And, you know, really what um, I'm inspired by both of your stories and it also kind of Makes me realize, like, for those out there that, you know, haven't, don't know much about regenerative or haven't know where to start, I think, you know, listening to both of your stories, kind of just start, you know, start with what you have, start somewhere. Um, I know talking with you, uh, you know, wonderful ladies uh, prior to this, you know, even like a windowsill, you can start being regenerative. 
And I am also already inspired by this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Let's take our first commercial break, and then we'll be right back to hear more from NCIA's Cultivation Committee. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots and close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio in this special episode where I've handed the mic over to NCIA's Cultivation Committee. So, Jacob, I let you take back over this really inspiring conversation. Thank you, Bethany, and welcome back, audience. Uh, Today we are discussing regenerative cannabis cultivation with Tina Gordon of Moon Made Farms and Michelle Carter of Circadian Craft Cannabis. So you might be asking yourself at this point, you know, what is regenerative agriculture? Um, I would say that it's, you know, a holistic land management practice that goes beyond organic and focuses on building healthy soil by improving soil biodiversity, increasing soil matter. Uh, But it also has a human element uh, to it as well. And at Sun Earth Certified, we really try to uh, break that down into two tenets. So we have human empowerment, which are components that focus on workers' rights, 
kind of fair trade aspects because uh, the people that are doing the farming, all you farmers out there and all you farm workers out there is super important to this process. And we, you know, wouldn't have food without you or this, you know, beautiful cannabis to enjoy as well. And as well as community engagement, um, you know, we really are trying to cultivate a community. None of us can do it alone. And, uh, you know, we're trying to build healthy soil and build healthy community. So now that we've kind of got your backgrounds, uh, Tina and Michelle, and how you came to cannabis, um, I guess I'll start with you, Tina. And, you know, as a farmer, business owner, advocate, how does the regenerative philosophy kind of guide your, guide your decision makings? Yeah, thanks, Jacob. I mean, I think that one of the one of the things that I really love about uh, permaculture and regenerative uh, regenerative philosophy is this idea of stacking functions. And within stacking functions, it's like the there's a basic principle also around biodiversity and a diverse culture being a healthy culture. And so what I found is by implementing by implementing these seasonal cultivation practices, you know, where we integrate our pleasure our presence with this land, like on this land. So using inputs from the land, we're also doing things like caring for the forest and um, creating like a safe setback for fire safety. So everything we do to say feed the soil or to build the soil is also helping in these other ways. And a really important part of this is the human element, like you're saying. Well, during my early time here in Southern Humboldt, I definitely noticed that it was a monoculture, you know? It's very much a cannabis culture and uh, monoculture sort of socially and culturally. And I wanted to participate in bringing more diversity um, to this place. And so I started working with people who were from the Bay Area and travelers, uh, a lot of queer punk folks who had a very nomadic lifestyle um, and were brilliant in bringing like their talents to the farm. And I wanted to create a place for folks to land who weren't, you know, either already here or didn't feel like they had a place here already. And so um, when Moon Made Farms was a collective, it was made up of a beautiful and diverse group of folks who uh, contributed and collaborated and really brought their special talents and their unique personalities. Uh, to this place. And I think that because of that, this farm is an expression of diversity, like on many levels. So, um, you know, it's also an incredible platform for learning life skills and land stewardship. And all of this combined to me is like a way to stack functions. So that's kind of what I, one of the things that I wanted to speak to and would, and I also appreciate Michelle's take on this and everything she's bringing um, so yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have to say too, Michelle. Yeah, no, thank you so much. I like, agree. I mean, what you're doing out there, I've had the privilege of being your auditor for the last few years and got to see all the, everything you, you offer and provide. And it's, it's really outstanding. And I think what the audience probably doesn't know is like your plot of land is, you know, bit difficult to farm on. It's not, you know, flat, you know, prime fertile, you know, ag land, um, you know, it's quite rocky and just the way you've, you've built it out and brought in all of that diversity, both human and, and species, uh, plants is, is, is really incredible. And so Michelle, I'd like to ask you that same question. 
how does regenerative agriculture and regenerative philosophies guide your decisions, uh, you know, especially as you're starting this uh, new cultivation uh, effort in Illinois? You know, I really love what Tina mentioned about diversity and reciprocity being the keys to successful stewardship and how that philosophy is reflected in our culture and that the more diverse we are as people, the stronger our society is as a whole. And so integrating these principles into an indoor cultivation environment as mandated by the state of Illinois legislation um, is definitely a challenge that I am excited to tackle. So how we're going about this um, and accomplishing this great mission is um, by designing a closed loop agroecosystem model that will utilize the outputs of the facility as inputs on the land around the facility. And some of the ways that we're doing this is by filtering all of our wastewater from the indoor um, into a subsurface wetland outside that will then uh, be used to irrigate our gardens that gives project, which is uh, essentially a polyculture rich no-till style growscape that is going to produce food to be donated to surrounding food banks so that more people have access to fresh organic produce. And um, to further close the loop and bring a slice of the garden back into our cultivation facility, some of the perennial medicinal plants that we're growing in our gardens, as well as um, perennial fruits, are going to be integrated into our cannabis-infused product line. And um, all of the cannabis stalks and unused material is going to be quickly composted using a Johnson Sioux bioreactor system. And then that in turn will be recirculated into our gardens as well. With the remaining land around the facility, we are restoring it back to its native tall grass prairie habitat and then uh, implementing some native pollinator gardens into our solar panel fields. So in this way, we're not only just growing cannabis, but we're also integrating innumerable species into the entire landscape around the facility, along with uh, renewable energy systems that are going to power our grow. Uh, this really lends itself to greater balance with our planet and holding this amazing plant with integrity in the process. Um, so the, the takeaway here is that we essentially assess the ecosystem that already exists on the land where our cultivation facility is located and how we can best interact with both preservation and production in mind. So with a diverse team and um, an equally colorful landscape, we really feel that this style of operation is a true reflection of the creativity and abundance that is possible um, when we build these bridges of productive exchange between indoor and outdoor cultivation spaces. I love it. Um, I think you're doing great work and I can't wait to see this uh, up and running. Um, I think you've really yeah, embodied kind of the regenerative spirit and intentions and are doing the best with, you know, the restrictions in place. Um, I've often thought about how I would, you know, take my practices into uh, um, an indoor environment. I think you're, you know, 
kind of modeling what my my dream grow would be if I had to grow indoors. Um, I'm I'm loving it, and um, I love that, Michelle. I mean, I really think you are doing wonderful work. You know, I've often thought about how I would integrate you know these regenerative practices, permaculture practices, in an indoor you know uh, restrictive environment. I think you're you're doing absolutely wonderful work and I can't wait to see it happen. Um, but I also want to say like, I think it's uh, really important to point out what both you, Tina and Michelle are kind of expressing and talking about and that, you know, the need for biodiversity is really important for healthy soils, but also the need for diversity is really important for healthy community and culture. And, you know, especially during this time with everything going on, I, you know, I believe we really need to, you know, cherish and celebrate the diversity that we have and that it's important for, you know, all of our successes and for all of us to, to, to have abundance. Absolutely, everybody. Really love this discussion. We're going to take one more commercial break and then we'll be back to chat more with NCIA's Cultivation Committee. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line, Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've shared the mic with our Cultivation Committee at the National Cannabis Industry Association for this special episode. So here in the last few minutes here, we'll wrap up and hear the last thoughts Thank you, Jacob, for taking over from here. Thank you, Bethany, for providing me with this opportunity and supporting the uh, Cannabis Cultivation Committee. Uh, so, 
Tina, Michelle, I believe like everything you're saying has been super inspiring for me and I'm sure the audience as well. Uh, so Tina, if people would like to contact you and know more, uh, how do they do that? Uh, yeah, I'm um, on Instagram at Moonmade Farms and I also have a website, moonmadefarms.com. And um, please reach out. I love, uh, I love engaging with uh, people from all walks of life about cannabis. It's my absolute favorite topic. And how about you, Michelle? If you want to reach out to you, which I'm sure they will. Sure. Yeah. So people can find me directly um, through email, Michelle at circadianfamily.com. And um, our website is circadiancraftcannabis.com. Thank you. And I'm Jacob Pollitzer with the Cannabis Conservancy and Sun and Earth Certified. You can reach me at uh, Jacob at CannabisConservancy.com, or if you want to know more information about regenerative certifications, uh, Jacob at SunAndEarth.org. So to close out this wonderful discussion, um, I'd like to ask both of you, you know, what are you looking forward to in the rest of this year? Where's your inspiration coming from? You know, what's are you most excited for? What's getting you out of bed? Tina, would you like to go first? Sure. Yeah. You know, I think that we're living in a really serendipitous time where more than ever before in history, humanity is in need of a global shift of consciousness. And it's right at the time when more people are going to have access to cannabis than ever before. And so I think that this plant could really help um, heal not only a lot of people, really encourage healing with humanity at large and also the planet. And part of this, one of the things I'm really excited about is an Appalachians of Origin program that's about to roll out in 2021 in California. And I think it's important for this to be a terroir-based program to bring people back to the question about where is their cannabis from? Where is it being grown? By whom is it being grown? How is it being grown? What are people ingesting? And I think that people deserve to know this. So I am looking forward to having the opportunity to um, reach as many people as possible and in this incredible uh, potential global shift of consciousness. Thanks so much, Jacob. Oh, thank you, Tina. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to this appellation of origin and completely agree. It needs to be terroir based. You know, hopefully it's not just, uh, you know, bag soil <laughs> uh, type thing, but uh yeah, and I think you're right. Uh, you know, someone had once said, you know, cannabis may not, you know, may not heal the world, but it's the only thing that can. So, you know, I think it's uh, an important, you know, beautiful plant at this uh, time when we definitely need it. How about you, Michelle? What uh, what are you looking forward to, and what's bringing you inspiration, and what are you excited to accomplish for the rest of this year? You know, Jacob, what really lights me up right now is that the prosperity that this industry beckons is has the potential to just spill out into our communities. And um, something that we're doing at Circadian is implementing um, community gardens on Park District property. And then we're integrating a youth mentoring program with that. And so I just really see the economic empowerment and sustainable solutions that um, this industry is carving a path toward. You know, in this moment of relative 
existential crisis on our planet. Um, diverting our attention back toward diversity in our soil, our gardens, and especially our communities is a radical and revolutionary way to create greater resilience for all of us. And I believe that that is possible on the wings of cannabis. Yeah. And I think it's possible with, with you at the helm of these projects. Um, you know, I think from talking with both of you, you know, with that economic empowerment, um, with the plans that you're, you're putting in place, Michelle, and the work that Tina, you've done, I mean, you really are, you know, using cannabis as a, you know, career development and giving, you know, people opportunity to become business owners, to, you know, learn a skill that will, you know, change their life. And so more power to you guys. And I hope you get to accomplish everything you want and more. So Tina, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time out to have this conversation. I know it's been really inspiring to me and I'm sure the audience as well. Thank you, Bethany and NCIA for supporting this podcast. Um, so last thought, I'd like to mention that NCIA's Cannabis Cultivation Committee is now accepting applications through July 1st. So please apply. We'd love to have you. Thank you very much. That's right. If you're an NCIA member and you're interested in serving on one of NCIA's 13 member-driven communities, including NCIA's Cannabis Cultivation Committee, please submit those applications through July 1st. Head to thecannabisindustry.org to learn more information. And thanks everybody for tuning into this episode. Thank you, Michelle, Tina, and Jacob. I've really appreciated listening in on this as well. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.